everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 96th episode of the podcast, airing the week of July 20th, 2020. Now, I'm pleased to bring to you my interview with New York to LA astrologer Shakira Taborn of The Astrology, who will join me in a discussion on Leo season 2020. Now, Kira and I are going to take a look at this year's Leo season when the sun is king and what it looks like in relation to this over-the-top year that is 2020. We take it transit by transit as the season unfolds, watching planets leave retrograde shadow only for others to enter, while also defining who will be the key players over this 30-day period. Let's just say there will be no dull moments. But do you expect anything less from Leo? Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is to come on over to my Patreon, where I provide a weekly Patreon-exclusive astrology forecast that has a -a seven-a-day detailed astrology report, including tarot polls and an animal ambassador of the week, and also an Ask Mel segment where either I answer patron questions, riff on my own thoughts, or sometimes provide guided meditations. Now, new episodes launch every Sunday at midnight Pacific time, so if you want to stay up to date with the micro and the macro of all the dynamic energies that are underway, and Lord knows there are plenty, I am here to help. So you can get started with that for as little as $5 per month to have access to at least four weekly forecasts early guest interviews, and even my Astro Storytime episodes that are just uh, hanging out on my Patreon ready to watch. Now, there's an additional tier for $8 a month where you can also get the show notes and the option to ask Mel. So where can you find that? Hmm, you would think Macropedia is still retrograde. My mind just <laughs> my mind just had a blip. Well, if, where can you find that? You can find that at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And you can also make a one-time donation over at Bell's tip jar that's on the front page of my website, energeticprinciples.com. Or you can book a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done directly through my site. Now, just one more announcement before we get started here. As you might have heard from the last broadcast I did, uh, we have an upcoming summit hosted by Christina Caudill of Radiant Astrology called the Astrology of Purpose and Power. And so I will be participating in this along with uh, roughly 20 other fabulous female astrologers. uh, And it will be free the weekend of August 7th through August 9th, just in time for Leo season when our heart is online. And, you know, we can tap into the empowering roar of the lion. Now, I will be doing a talk called Bodies of Light, defining and illuminating the concept of individual purpose. Because people come to me all the time with questions of purpose, and purpose is such a loaded word, and there's so much, you know, there can be an overwhelming pressure for many to find their purpose. Um, And especially if it's not something that's just innately in you, uh, like a honing beacon, like a pigeon that just knows where it's going here. And so I'm going to dive deeper into this concept of purpose in my talk and bring break down, uh, you know, a myriad of ways that we can find meaning in our individual lives. 
And then once we kind of unpack that, then I'm going to look at the luminaries in our chart so that we can better understand uh, our own sense of purpose and the twists and turns that really get us to figuring out what that is. So I'm excited to provide this talk. I don't know what day I will be on yet, but you can find out more and sign up uh, through a link that I will have on my page at energeticprinciples.com, or you can follow me on social media at Energetic Principles on Instagram or Facebook, uh, and I will have the link there once it is live for the public. All right, so save the date, August 7th through the 9th, free. Who's ready to hear about Leo season? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome this week's special guest. We have Shakira Taborn with us. Thank you for joining me, Shakira. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, and this uh, we are going to talk about Leo season 2020. You know, the seasons just get um, more and more interesting as they go on throughout this year. It's uh, been quite quite a year. So we're excited to get in there with uh, the Leo action. But before we get started here, for uh, those who have not heard from uh, Kira before, will you give us a little background? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. Um, where do I start? Um, I'm an astrologer. <laughs> um, I would say I'm a creative. I did go to art school and got my degree, my bachelor's of fine art. So just, I think just in the past like year or so, I've been more comfortable calling myself a creative because I'm not like an active artist person. Um, but I, I do create things. So uh, yeah, I, I write, I do readings, I do electional astrology, and uh, I don't know, a host of other things as well. I just, when is this episode coming out? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, Probably. it is going July 20th. Okay, uh, is okay. It when it hits the public? Okay, because so I can I can say this then because um, I'm announcing it this week. But I'm the new director of Fresh Voices Astrology in Astrology. Oh. So um, that's a platform that you know we we host an annual summit, um, which is going to be mid August this year, and we also host monthly webinars. Um, so yeah, that's that's a new role I've taken on that I'm excited about. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a good little intro. <laughs> that's a good uh, dip your toe in, in the water of Kira. Well, that's, yeah. well, congratulations on uh, Fresh Voices. And so you said mid-August then. Uh, yeah, 15th and 16th. Yeah. All right. Save the date um, and check that out. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, there is so much to talk about because uh, there's so much happening. So we might as well get in there with Leo season, which is going to start uh, July 22nd. So, you know, a few days after this podcast airs, it will be time for, you know, no, I always look forward to it. Maybe it's my Leo planets talking, but <laughs> you know, the sun is high. There's like, there's that creative energy in the air. There's just, um, you know, fire. Uh, although I have to say, part of 2020. <laughs> I mean, how much fire do we want here? Yeah, um, yeah I'm a little. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm like moving out west in two weeks too. So I'm like, I'm moving in the middle of fire season during Leo season. Let's see how this. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> and so where are? So you're headed to uh, my neck of the woods then, over yeah, LA. All right. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, we wish you safe travels uh, as you as you follow your heart over to the <laughs> to the West Coast. Have you lived on the West Coast before? No, I've been on the East Coast my whole life. So I'm, I'm right now. I'm back in my childhood room, really. Um, but I've been living in New York for the past decade. I moved out in February, which was just kind of lucky on my part, um, right before COVID hit. But yeah, I've been living with my family. I was supposed to move in March, but um, because of COVID, decided to just, you know, rest. It was also my Saturn return, like, happened, right? At, like, yeah, so <laughs> it was Saturn was like, slow down, just relax for a little bit, and I listened, but now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah. And then the Cancer North Node is probably like, well, let's just go stay with family for a little bit, and we'll, exactly. ma- we'll make this happen. Everybody seems, yeah, there's like, you know one step forward, two steps back. Although two steps back is not a bad thing because sometimes we got to step back, step forward. And, you know, that's just the way it is. So this is exciting. Now we get to uh, get into Leo season. You get to move and experience a fresh new in LA is, oh, there's so much to say about LA and so much going on, but you're a New Yorker. So, I mean, that's like apple it's kind of the same kind of not, but yeah. yeah. So what's interesting about Leo season to me is that all these previous um, ingresses have been on the back of like a new moon in that sign kind of kicking off the energy to like really embody the season. But it's fascinating to me that we're pushing off of like a rare second new moon in Cancer to get into Leo season. Do you have any thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah, it is. That new moon I think is going to be really... Well, it's the first, it's the first lunation in cancer that's not eclipsed in like two years. So there's that, but it's also exactly opposite Saturn. (laughs) So it's kind of like, I don't know, it seems, it seems like conditional almost like you can, you can have this a little bit, but under these terms. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because the moon kind of dips into Leo shortly after the new moon because mm-hmm. it is at like 28 degrees cancer. Um, so it is kind of like a soft, soft start to the season, almost like being in a kiddie pool instead of just like diving into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's... Um... It is because it's like, as I, oh, I, feel, I firmly believe that when we, wherever the new moon seeds, regardless if it's an eclipse, of course, if it's an eclipse, it's going to be crazier as we've just went through this eclipse season. Uh, a lot of shifts, definitely on, on this end. I don't know about you, but uh, shifting yeah. all over the place. Um, but there's something that carries on with that seeding motion and whatever, you know, wherever those lunate, you know, luminaries meet. Um, so it will be interesting to me to watch the play out of Leo energy, just, I like the idea of the kiddie pool because that's very cancer when you, <laughs> when you think about it, um, pushing off of that energy. But I, I'm actually really excited about pushing off of a Sun-Saturn opposition. And call me crazy. But I think that it's like the first time we might actually get a foot of some sort of like grounding or stability or direction or just where we can get a grip on things. But I totally agree with you. Like you said, like it's 
you can have some things, but maybe not the others. You know, it's not, especially since the sun met Jupiter and Pluto beforehand, it was like the, you know, a weed whacker coming out and like trimming what needs to, you know, like, hmm, that avenue is not going to work. That avenue is not going to work. But if you funnel in this direction and then put your foot down and commit to it, and then you can really get some traction and then enter Leo season, uh, basically. And so what, what are you, what's the defining energies to Leo in your mind? Hmm. I think when I think of Leo energy, I think of boldness. And I also, I guess I think just like this radiating energy is radiating heat. That's like, kind of um magnetizing and almost like mystifying as well that you just it's almost like a moth seeing like a light and wanting to gravitate towards it um yeah it's very alluring and attractive in that way like you want to get close to it and um be warmed up by it uh yeah i i think it's it's super creative um i just think of like energy expanding outward from like a, a center, like a, mm. a fiery center, which I guess is, I'm thinking of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I, well, who does that? The sun. Oh yeah, that's right. The internal combustion that is ever, ever uh, expanding basically. Yeah. yeah. I do. Yeah. I love the moth to the flame though, because it's, you know, if you ever watched a moth attack a light, it just keeps going, right? Like there's yeah. nothing that stops it. It's just, well, cause it has this internal like kind of honing beacon that just keeps pulling it towards the light. And so I think that's a good analogy um, within, especially if we're at this decision-making point with the new moon, where if we're like the moth to the flame and being called to the light and whatever is like the radiating center of, you know, our own, you know, internal combustion energy, you know, think about a car that's going down the road basically, and it just keeps firing to move forward it has that fixity of energy that, um, you know, propels us somewhere. And so I think we'll be propelled (laughs) in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be nice to, to be in a fiery season again, after the wetness of, of the cancer season. Um, and even like the, the scattered Gemini, like Gemini season was obviously a lot this year. Um, but in, in in like in May when all almost all the planets like went either went retrograde or changed signs in the middle of the month and then we went into Gemini season it was just kind of like information overload extreme with the eclipse and yeah I think it'll be interesting to be in Leo season um which isn't isn't going to be like at a hard angle to any of the malefics. So we won't, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting because I think people are going to have a lot of energy to just like go out and do things. And it's almost like a blind spot to the Mm sat, like everything that's happening in Capricorn. Um, And also it's, you know, going to, all these planets are going to move through and try and, uh, Mars and Aries, so That's true. it's going to be hot. It's going to be like fiery and energetic, and yeah, 
it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, especially in, uh, you know, in the terms of our new restrictions. Thank you, Saturn, for bringing that back to, you know, and so... And that's where that's the combustible energy. We'll have to see how that flows because we still have Mercury's hanging out in Cancer for a good portion of it, um, which will keep our mind on the actual, you know, malefics and all the Capricorn energy and then square, you know, the Mars energy yeah. too. So it's weird. Like the sun is like dancing in its domicile. It's like, I am out to play. It is hot. I feel good. And then me, you know, Mercury and, and the news that comes in and like, oh, but remember we're still in this, in this place. And this is, you know, so it's, it could feel, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see, you know, so that's, sometimes that's how it is with astrology is like, you just don't know till it happens. You're like, right. but you're supposed to know. And I'm like, well, not always, you know, that's a mystery. Yeah. Life's a mystery. <laughs> um, but, okay, so speaking of Mercury, one of the first things that happens on the day of the Leo ingress is that Mercury makes its final sextile with Uranus, which has been a dance that it's kind of done since the Mercury retrograde cycle. And like you pointed out, um, with May and June, you know, we are getting out of this, the, you know, these personal planet retrogrades. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet because obviously Mars is going to be getting there, but there seems to be this respite of, you know, backwards motion uh, with Mercury also propelling kind of a, a, a last Uranian hit. Did you notice anything with these sextiles or I don't have any thoughts of it, you know, this last pass? The sextiles, I haven't noticed much. I think... Yeah, I'm trying to think if it's, it hasn't come up for me a ton. Um, I think just Venus has been on my mind so much more. Um, yeah, has, how about you? Has anything come up? Well, I just feel like there's just, um, especially in relation to the retrograde cycle, because I think there was a lot of like breaking away mentally, of, especially some emotional patterns. And I noticed a lot of people would have, you know, maybe breaking through some issues with their family or breaking through some issues of the past. And so for me, it seems like there is some sort of dance that has been going on, especially since, uh, you know, I don't know if you work with Chiron at all, but, you know, it's also then squaring Chiron just because of where Uranus and, and um, Chiron are now by degrees. And so it's almost like working through these like triggers and like gaining some wisdom in the process and like releasing some old stuff. And so I feel like this is like the final pass where it's like, okay, now I'm making peace with the past or I understand it better enough to where I feel like, you know, the heart and the mind are on a better page uh, with especially changes that are taking place and what's breaking loose in our lives. And so that's what I seem to kind of notice and maybe like some aha moments that help lead the way, maybe intuition uh, based or like getting rid of some of the more, um, cause I keep thinking of Uranus and Taurus being, you know, because when we think of Uranus and shaking up things and bringing in new situations, Taurus is very fixed and stable. And so it seems to me a lot of times when we have these Uranian connections, it's, it's like breaking apart something that's like been very rooted in, in our life for whatever reason. And, and sometimes on a very tangible level, cause these are earth signs, you know, like it's like, me cleaning out my house and I've like had, like I've been going through stuff lately. I opened a uh, chest or like this dresser thing the other day and it had like pictures from like, I don't know, like 20 years ago and just random stuff, some love letters. I'm like, what? 
why do I have this is very cancer, Mercury and cancer, the love letters. Um, why do I have this stuff? You know, like get rid of just anything. I don't know, just literally tangible or possession wise. That's like bringing you down. Like I would take my walk. Uh, I love to do park walks every day. And I noticed that in the past during cancer season, there's all these people bringing furniture out to, to the curb, things saying free, things picking up. And it's like everyone just wants to purge this old, you know, and that's obviously part of that, the Capricorn and these new beginnings and these foundations that are happening too. But I think that this, the Uranian action and the cancer season and all the clips, it all played into like, it's like the great purge of like, take this stuff that doesn't matter to me anymore and let's simplify, you know, the Taurus a life so I can simplify my mind and what I'm doing basically. <laughs> yeah, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I've definitely noticed that as well. I mean, I've, I feel like I've not, I feel like I've definitely, I've been at home basically in this room since March. <laughs> so I haven't um, seen a lot of what's going on like in the outside, but I mean, yeah, there, the whole Uranus and Taurus has, at least for like both of my parents who, who have, well, I guess my whole family except me has Taurus placements and like all year they've been just like cleaning stuff out and like getting rid of so much stuff, um, which has been really, it's been really interesting because I mean, having both my parents have Jupiter in Taurus, my sister has her Mars there and like we, we can hold on to quite a lot of stuff, I think, just like over time. We've been in this house for almost 30 years. Oh, wow. um, it's the sudden return of, the, of us being here as well. <laughs> so it's really fitting that, you know, this Uranus transit is kind of just making us feel like we just need a clean house. Clean it, clean house. That's like, it. I mean, with especially with cancer season too, it just makes a lot of sense. Because I don't know, I think that's part of this whole, you know, I mean, there's a lot about COVID, but part of it is just realizing in this process, like what really matters and what doesn't. And like, why do I have this stuff, whether it's in, you know, clutter in the emotions, clutter in the mind, clutter in the physical space. And and then we have the time. <laughs> I mean, not everyone, because uh, you know, some people, it just depends on your life and what your responsibilities are and jobs and all that stuff. But a lot of people have the time to really be like, oh, okay, well, what am I, what, 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 <laughs> why do I still have this? Um, so yes, clearing that space. So basically as Leo said, season enters, we get that Mercury Uranus final sextile. So, you know, just pay attention what's going on in mind, what you hear outside of you. You know, you might have a couple aha moments within like releasing some of this stuff that, you know, just mentioned here. Um, and I think it's a good start to the season, I guess, mentally is what I'm saying is like, it's like, I feel fresh. Let's, uh, let's carry on. Uh, and then, you know, a couple days later, we basically have Mercury exits. It's, um, it's retrograde shadow on the 26th of July, which happens to be my mom's birthday, note to self. Um, and, and Mars enters its retrograde shadow at the same time, which I think is kind of funny. It's like Mercury leaves it 
and you know Venus is about to leave hers in like a day's time too on first quarter and but then Mars enters so what do you think about this like crossing of railroad tracks with the retrogrades I mean that, um, that's just that's 2020 it's like yeah. you, we just can't escape <laughs> can't escape it um yeah, this whole year with like the overlapping retrogrades, because then Mars starts and then we get another Mercury retrograde and that one's going to be, yeah, we don't have to go that far ahead. Yeah. But, um, Note to self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it, it just kind of reinforces the whole, I think, overall theme of 2020, which is just like, we got to get through it. Like we just we have to get through all of this and it's, it's difficult. Um, and it's a lot, but it just seems like this whole year is a process. Like we just, a process that we have to move through in order to like figure out how to, how to move on. Um, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you can't get away from the retrogrades this year, the overlapping shadows, um, I think it's nice for the people who, you know, this Mercury, the Venus and Mercury retrograde affected a lot of people, whereas like the Mars retrograde might not be as important for some people. Um, so it'll be good for those like Mercurial and Venusian people who just like need to move on with their, <laughs> with their lives and um, have been waiting a long time to kind of you know, get started on something. So it'll be good for them. And then for the, for the Mar Martian people, it's like just beginning. <laughs> I know. I, well, I'm the Martian people. I'm like Scorpio rising. I'm in a Mars perfected year. Oh, wow. uh, you know, like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, okay, well, let me, uh, let me saddle up for what's coming, coming here. Um, yeah, especially the Martian. So yes. Are you as well? You're, are you, yeah. you're Scorpio? Is you Scorp I'm Scorpio's son? I have Mars conjunct my son in Scorpio and I'm an oh. Aries moon. Um, and yeah, Mars is going to be stationing on my moon, which I'm in a lunar perfection too. So okay. Well then you're in the same boat. Well, you're in the same fiery boat that I am yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, so it'll, we'll have to compare notes by the time we get to the end of it. See how that yeah. went down. Um, but, you know, so we're crossing over, basically, and, you know, we're leaving the Mercury and the Venus retrogrades behind uh, and kind of stepping into Mars territory. Now, it's going to take some time because Mars moves slower. Um, not only is it slowing down, but it moves slower than, you know, even in than sun motion. And so it will be some time before Mars actually goes retrograde on September 9th. Um, but we're just going to start seeing the the inklings and the introduction of what that Mars transit's going to look like, uh, basically starting at the end of July. So, you know, take notes, see how you're feeling within it all. You know, Mars is about what propels us forward, especially in Aries and our self-driven, uh, you know, agendas and motions. And so... A lot of that might be changing as the year goes on because like Kira just said, you know, it's like we can't get away from 2020. You know, it's like slow and steady wins the race and it's not about fast movement and it's about a lot of reconfiguration and a lot of change. I like how you said the word process because, you know, as a Capricorn moon, I've, you know, that's the, it's, it is all about the process. There is... It's one foot in front of the other and occasionally one back, but we are developing um, 
new modes of being on so many different levels. And it's just not going to be easy answers, easy fixes, and there's still more to go back over. So uh, as my grandma would always say, who was a Capricorn sun on my moon, patience is a virtue. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. That's, that's, if that's the one lesson we get out of 2020, I think. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll learn something because yeah, I mean, we can't escape this Saturnian energy this year. It's just like, yeah, a lot of, lots of confinement, lots of limitations. And I think, yeah, looking, I think things will start to feel a little better once Saturn and Jupiter enter Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And we're not so, we're not in this like dense Capricorn territory anymore, but until then, <laughs> we Until have then. to move through it. <laughs> That's right, we do. I, what do you think about having your Saturn return during all this? I can only imagine, like... It's been, I mean, I've had two exact returns in two months, because um, my Saturn is at one, I basically stationed retrograde exactly on top of my Saturn. So mm. um, it's been, you know, I can't complain. I... I feel really lucky in, in terms of my Saturn placement. It's like the strongest. Well, I have Saturn in Aquarius. It's in the twelfth house, which is the house of Saturn's joy. It's not poorly configured to any planet in my chart, so it's just kind of like hanging out in my twelfth house. It's a day chart, so Saturn tends to be a little bit more constructive for me. And I've just I've learned a lot. Like it's been heavy for sure. But um, I've learned a lot and it feels like Saturn is definitely a more protective influence in my chart and um, not as much of a malefic influence. And yeah, it's just been like, it's just been like slow and steady. And, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm learning so much about how to be, yeah, how to like take care of myself and um and just like reconfigure, restructure my life because I was, the way I was living in New York was just not sustainable. And I knew mm -hmm. I needed to slow down. I was basically just working way too much and with the commuting and just, I, I just started to feel kind of claustrophobic there. And I knew I just needed to get away. And I was like, I'm, I knew my Saturn return was coming 12th house. I was like, I need to escape. <laughs> I need, I need to retreat from all of this. And, um, although it did, you know, I planned on doing that in LA, um, <laughs> Saturn slowed me down and was like, no, you're doing it at home. And, you know, I can't complain. I mean, I've been able to hang out with my family more than I have in the past decade. So yeah, it's, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. And I'm grateful for my Saturn placement and, my Saturn return and the final return is like January 2nd. So I kind of have a break until then and we'll see how that goes. I know. It's interesting how Saturn just kind of funnels you into like a certain crevice where it's like, no, you're flowing this way basically. But it ended up working out because, you know, it's quality time with family. You get to pull back, which, you know, Saturn does have, have you know, puts that barrier in our, or that limitation so that we can pull back. But it always seems very meaningful because then that's when the framework comes up because you're not just rushing blindly forward through life and, you know, on this like, you know, 
I, the rat race. Like, cause sometimes I feel like I'm on a wheel and I'm like, I, you know, you need Saturn to actually like put the stick in the spoke to like stop it for a second so that you can be like, Oh wait, hold on. What am I, how do I want to structure this? Where, what's, exactly. what is this? Is this really, you know, what I want to commit my time and energy to in the long term? you know, those types of things. Um, but it's actually, it's pretty fascinating that your last little pass there is going to coincide with the Jupiter Saturn conjunction for a, for a nice 20 year cycle. So, uh, that's, I think that'll be good though. It feels like you're just like opening up into this new, um, you know, you're moving, you're, you've made all these great changes. You have all these you know, opportunities coming to you in this Saturn space because, um, because yeah, because then it would, yeah, if you're Pisces rising, then that Saturn is that 11th house community space, right? And you just talked about fresh voices and yeah, so I, that's great. I I feel good about it. (laughs) super 11th house um i think also jupiter being there helps because jupiter jupiter is my chart ruler so wherever Mm. jupiter goes is where my my attention goes but yeah it's been very much like 11th house themes on top of 12th house themes like coinciding like being separated from all my friends but also connecting with people like i talk to astrologers every day now um which wasn't the case before so yeah it's cool it's it's cool how like the 11th house themes are still very very prevalent like despite being in quarantine I know well I feel like people are actually connecting more because we're like you know kind of hold up in, in a certain way and and you know that's the beauty of zoom and what we're talking what the platform we're talking on right now it's just you know we actually have more time to connect which is ironic because we can't actually connect in person for the most part but you know as human beings we are very uh ingenious with our ways to get things done and zoom it was just the perfect solution uh to a pandemic apparently <laughs> um and really changing the world. And I think it's very interesting that the pandemic has brought these, um, has brought this forward because if we weren't engaging in this way in the, in a more, uh, you know, distance oriented or having to do zoom or bring the, uh, you know, uh, technology solutions into it, it seems like it's starting us for this whole air triplicity that's coming, um, where it's like, all right, well, no, this is not how we interact or do business or, you know, so it's once again, putting up the Saturnian block in order to push the energy into the next stage of its evolution in many ways. And so we're, we're finding that just in our connections with one another, you know, just so we can stay sane because people need to connect as like, that's, you know, they, they've done many studies with the, you know, the, the source to happiness is connection with other people. And, you know, cause we're very tribal in that sense. And so it's important to connect. So yeah, I find it very interesting. You know, there's always blessings and curses to, <laughs> to scenarios in life. Um, but that being said, back to Leo season, we've only made it to, uh, we're making it to first quarter here, which is first quarter is on July 27th at four degrees and 55 minutes of Scorpio. So we're, so we're pushing forward in scorpionic energy at the same time because that is a loaded day, just so you know, Mm -hmm. July 27th, we basically have Venus 
exiting her shadow, making her last square to Neptune, which I'd like to hear what you have to say about those Venus-Neptune squares. Yeah. Uh, Mercury squaring Mars for the second time, now direct. Uh, and then also Jupiter sextiling Neptune, which is another bigger theme of 2020. So, Kara, where do we start? What do you got to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Venus-Neptune square, um, I think, was so prominent at like during the retrograde especially at the beginning because it did station square neptune um i there's just i'm thinking about like all the story i'm thinking about like the beginning of the retrograde and how things were for me in terms of just like talking to people like you know talking to people um romantic interests and i heard so many stories of from friends who just like started to talk to new people around this time and how throughout the course of the retrograde things kind of started to be revealed as like just a fantasy or you know an illusion or delusion or whatever um and so i think yeah this last venus neptune square i think it's gonna be a nice maybe not nice but um (laughs) like a hard dose of reality I think that kind of wraps up that the Venus retrograde cycle this year um yeah I I think it's it's cur- it's interesting I think because it's just happening during a Scorpio moon and then it's also like Jupiter sextiling Neptune mm-hmm. so there is this like magnetism that comes with it as well um, and then the, Mer- the Mercury Mars square too is just like really harsh. And so I feel like, yeah, under a, under a Scorpio moon, the first quarter, I feel like this day might be a little bit nippy and, and kind of like, yeah, a little harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Having the, a hard time figuring out. I, uh, well, that is Neptune. You're yeah. like, I, I feel it, but how do we, uh, how do we articulate this? Um, and yeah, that's right. It's, it is an interesting layer of transits at the same time, because, you know, when we think of first quarter in general, we're just pushing off of energy into the lunar cycle. It, it's kind of that go time, but it's go time in the sense where it can be irritating or something pushes us forward rather than it being an ease of like, oh, it's go, let's go. You know, it's like, oh, oh, we got to go, you know, oh, I got to you know, address this issue or got to make forward motion on it. And and I don't know about you, but that moon in Scorpio, it always brings things up from the bottom of the well, you know, like the dirt and the muck that's below, you know? Uh, And so it's, but it can be very healing too, depending. It depends on your nature. If it's like, if you dwell in, in, in the dark and you have a hard time working with things that might be a little heavier of nature, it can be very trying. But if you're willing to dive in there and, and like make, you know, uh, some progress with it and and then move through it and stick with it. It can be very healing in that sense too. And especially with Neptune transits happening, which allow us to like let go of things. Um, and and so once again, it just depends. Do you, are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to accept, uh, what's happening or are you going to fight against the tide and, and then, you know, stick in that, in that space. And that might be where some of that Mercury square Mars action happens too, because, um, I mean, it's not it, just by 
it's not exact by aspects, but we do have somewhat of, a, you know, kind of a, a water grand trine going on just between, you know, Neptune and Pisces, Mercury and Cancer, uh, and then that Scorpio moon that is kind of ping-ponging the flow, which is like, are you going to ride the wave? Are you going to learn how to surf well? Or are you going to be sucked into the undertow, basically, of it all? Yeah. So yeah, I feel like, Mar, I feel like it it's just a day where like feelings can be extra testy and the Mars, some like Mars and Aries ruling that Scorpio moon and then like Mercury, the Mercury square. I just feel like it's easy for feelings to get hurt and people probably will feel like, you know, they're being bullied or, or um, I don't know, even like gaslit. I feel like that there's a lot of potential for like mis. I don't want to say miscommunication, but harsh communication. Um, and yeah, just tender, tender feels. Mm. I wonder if miscommunication is not necessarily that wrong in the sense that um, Mercury has already squared Mars retrograde. And so I, to me, I almost wonder if something that was said then or there were, you know, agreements or actions taken at that point and now we come back around to the direct path and it's like oh well maybe it wasn't as clear or maybe we didn't say it all because mercury and cancer can like say too much or it can say not enough you know being a mute sign so maybe that's when it's like oh well i didn't fully understand you know in what was it like july 7th i know i have it in my solar return chart the the retrograde mars square um so, you know, I think it's possible that something at that time then turns its own uh, page. And it doesn't always have to be bad, you know, like that's the thing. It's, it can be. It can be. Just, just saying like, these configurations and squares and, you know, that tension of the energy since it's a very squarey day. Um, but it, squares are also very activating too. And I watch my own... Um, watch my own uh, process with the Venus square Neptune, which Venus is my seventh house ruler. So, you know, seventh and 12th. So there was definitely some action going on there. You know, I, I left a long-term partnership. Um, I have a, a new partnership and a, a creative partnership as well that is like going forward. And, uh, you know, I'm a musician and we're working on a new project. Um, and so we've been taking all these steps uh, with engineering it ourselves. And so there's a really creative action aspect going on in my own life that is pushing forward through this. And I think that's part of that Jupiter Neptune sextile too, because Jupiter rules my fifth and my second. So for me, I'm like seeing this actually as a, a nice push forward um, for some of the creative work that I'm doing. Now that doesn't mean there not, might not be contention within it, or maybe some uh, differences in ideas of how to approach it, you know, so we have to take these different layers of what's actually possible because we can, you know, see the forward momentum in these stories that have been building for quite some time, but there's probably going to be a little grit to it. Like, what did you say? Bitey. It's going to be a little bitey, you know? And so we just kind of got to watch, you know, how we're nipping and who we're nipping to because Scorpio can be very like, as a Scorpio rising, conjunct Uranus, nonetheless, um, you know, it's like things get said that you're like, and they'll be true. They will be true, but they will be harsh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we don't want to, we don't burn any bridges. We don't want to like uh, disrupt the forward momentum by, you know, so just, it's just like just slow your roll that day, basically, to some extent and look at the bigger picture. Don't get so mired within it 
understand what you're saying and for why, what reason. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think just maybe giving, if someone says something to you that, you know, makes you immediately react in defense, maybe just sit with it for a little bit and, you know, consider that it might not, it might not be that they were intentionally being rude. It's just that the, it's a tense day. Like there's with all the squares happening and yeah, being a Scorpio moon, there's just a lot of, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's like, there's a, a fixed square and then a cardinal square and a mutable square happening. So <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you can't escape no matter who you are, like this tension. And so just kind of being aware of that, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. So just so you know, July 27th, probably carry over in the 28th, just in that zone, we're going to, you know, and it really is leading us up to Mercury going on to oppose Jupiter and Pluto, and then trining Neptune on July 30th uh, through August 1st. So it's almost like Mercury is like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to kick up the dust. I'm going to kick up the heat with this square to Mars. And then you're going to see the big picture as I oppose Jupiter and Pluto, and then trying Neptune to understand what that Neptune stuff was about in the first place. So it's almost like, I feel like we go through it with the Scorpio energy, but then Mercury is like, oh, okay, well, or maybe the meeting in the middle or some sort of like maybe kind of diplomatic understanding or connection that can then be had through talks of some sort after that. Yeah. It looks like on the 28th, at least the moon's making trines and sextiles all day. So it's whatever is kind of kicked up on the 27th might be easily resolved the next day. Yes. So put that in your hat so that we don't come in <laughs> because, and that's so funny how things can just like flare up. That's very fire, right? Just flare up for a second. And, and same with air, you know, fire and air both. Um, so if it's just hot on the 27th, like it literally the, the, it'll blow out, it'll blow over. Um, and you'll just have a, a, a bigger understanding of it. You'll start to just, yeah, it, it makes sense. Now I'm very curious about it falling in relation to the, the Jupiter sextile with Neptune that's brewing. Cause to me that speaks to, um, well, a, the pandemic and, and more coming out about that only just because Neptune is that, you know, that the diseases we can't see and it's been kind of tied up in, in all this. And, and especially with, cause I've been following the sun Mars synodic cycle with, in relation to uh, COVID and it being, you know, birthed basically back in September of 2019. And so I'm noticing in a Virgo stellium. And so I'm noticing whenever we get um, these, you know, heavy Mercury, heavy Mars, especially together, and then Jupiter sextiling Neptune at the same time, I have a feeling during that Scorpio moon, we're also going to get more news about what the next step is with the the pandemic and the virus, uh, how we're working with it, maybe maybe even crossing fingers, or maybe actually it might be the other side and what we don't want. Because I know there's a lot of people, including myself, that have signed petitions for um, you know financial uh, backing to be extended. Okay, that mm, all right. So <laughs> I just remember because part of the um, 
uh, here in California with the the pandemic relief um, that is being doled out is that it actually ends on July 25th. And so there is a petition that's going around that is trying to get it to extend it to the end of 2020. So this is interesting timing as far as when that would end of whether or not they're going to open the pocketbooks further to help people along throughout the rest of the year. Or if maybe we get the harsh message from Mercury Mars saying like, no, the well has dried. Um, So I'm curious that that falls in at that time. I I feel like with Jupiter-Pluto, these Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions, it's almost a safe bet to say that. I shouldn't say that, but I I believe that we'll likely get another stimulus of some sort. Um, Hopefully, hopefully it's an extension, but yeah, I don't know. It's, It's almost like Jupiter and Capricorn kind of ensures that it's not it's never going to be enough. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, not to get political, but I feel like the administration feels like they they might need to do something and like to send people a little bit more money before the election. Um, we'll see. Yeah. No, I. That's. There, yes, there's a, it's almost like a sweetening the pot, especially once, you know, cause it's a, it's rough out there. It's rough out there politically as it should be because there's some, you know, messed up things going on and has been for quite some time. And it is just, you know, that's part of 2020 that is going to be fascinating to me. Actually, I'm going to, uh, just a precursor for the next podcast that's coming out is, uh, Greg Crawford will be joining me again to do a halfway point. Cause we did an astrology of 2020 back in late December, like a, almost a three hour episode where we like got in there. And I remember thinking we spent like 30 minutes alone on June. Like what wow, is going to yeah. happen? Wow. Like we're, <laughs> And so now we, we're going to come back to it and kind of do a halfway point uh, and revisit like what, um, you know, now that we know, well, like <laughs> some of the precursors and then looking at the, the back half of the year. So to stay tuned for that. Um, and we'll probably throw some politics in there, uh, because obviously that's going to be, that's going to be yeah. a big, big deal. I mean, um, October just looks I know. like a lot. <laughs> I know. October. I think whenever I have like re- consultations with people, you know, it all lines up. I'm like, just October, October, yeah. you know, your personal chart, the world, you know, it's just everything, everything, yeah. everything. So yes, just circle October and just be like <laughs> on hold. Um, <laughs> So, okay. So we see that first quarter kind of pushes us off into this interesting Venus, Neptune, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, Neptune uh, vortex to push through to Mercury opposing Jupiter, Pluto, and trining Neptune, where we kind of understand that and move through it. Uh, you know, but just so you know, it's probably going to be a pretty active period between July 27th and August 1st, where there's maybe a little bit of an up and down, a little bit of a roller coaster, a little bit of diplomatic relations that are needed. And, you know, we're going to see the bigger picture come out of that. Um, But what's fascinating is around that same time, as we go through that, that's when the sun is going to square Uranus. Um, And well, it's going to try and Chiron too, just because of where it's at. But of course, the square to Uranus to me is like the big, the big piece here. Um, And we talked about Uranus and Taurus a bit, a little bit ago, but what, what do you think about this big old Leo sun coming in to square Uranus? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's, hmm, that to me feels like 
um, a clash between like authority figures and uh, and you know more rebellious figures like yeah to me it just seems like something hmm how do I explain this it's like I guess, I don't know, are we speaking mundane or just, or more personal? Whatever comes in your, <laughs> comes in your mind. We can talk about both the, you know, I'm either one. I'm, I like both. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about like these fixed squares between Uranus, Saturn and Uranus that are going to be ongoing all next year and probably into 2022 as well. Um, and how that, really feels like, you know, establishment versus everyone else mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, just continued clashes in that regard. And thinking about it with like a Leo son, um, who is also like in domicile, just like Saturn's going to be in Aquarius. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking of like the Leo son kind of representing a, like a specific authority figure. Um, could be, you know, could be the president, could be someone else, but I kind of see that as like another clash of like someone who feels like um, they have to kind of like go up against the the resistance in some way. Um, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. I think it can also just be, again, like this, like personally, um, just feeling like you're that, like you have to go up against, or I shouldn't say that. It's more like, uh, yeah, like a creative push, but m might not be something that you're, that like feels very good, but something that kind of gets you going and um, sets you off on, on a path that kind of enforces, or yeah, that kind of spurs your creativity in some way. Well, we'll definitely have to, work with a, a flexible uh, approach, which is so interesting when you think about a square, fixed square. It's like, right. well, we got, <laughs> there's always some surprise element or some breaking away element or letting loose element with Uranus. And of course, you know, if we go back to a figure of authority, we know that the, the person that holds the high office in, in the U.S. is A, a Leo energy, uh, and B, a sun Uranus conjunction energy. Right. So I'm pretty safe to say we're going to hear something about that person um, at, at this time, or he's going to piss us off once again in some way <laughs> that it's yeah, like, you did what? You know, I wonder, I wonder if that might be around the time that a VP nomination is, um, comes out. Oh for, yeah. For, for Biden, because I'm pretty sure the convention is early August, right? I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm not entirely sure either. I just kind of... But it would kind of make sense because that's the around the time that, um, you know, that... Uh, let's see. It's, this is what technology is good for. <laughs> it takes us right to what we need to know. All right. Original, that's funny. Originally scheduled to be held July 13th through 16th, 2020, it has been postponed to August 17th through the 20th. Okay. of 2020 and this is the uh democratic national convention um but you know obviously in that time we're going to be uh hearing 
more and more about that brewing and what's uh, coming out there. Um, and that's, it's interesting too, because that's around the new moon in actual Leo. Uh, when right, we get to that. His, on the president's um, ascendant. And, Our, yeah, and his Mars right Mars, there. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, and that's the thing with Uranus is that we'll see. It's like, you just don't know exactly how it's going to pan out. And if you're a person that likes surprises, hey, you know, surprises are not always bad. It doesn't mean that it's like, uh, especially in personal life, you know, sometimes you're surprised with something good, especially if your rawness is in, um, you know, transiting a house that is of more benefic nature for you, you know, that the Iranian surprise can be less of a, less of a, you know, a burden and more of a like, ah, all right. Yeah, I got, I got my the first email about my book deal during a Sun Uranus conjunction. It was on my third, so oh. um, yeah, it could be great. <laughs> it could be great. We just don't know. You're gonna have to wait and see there. Um, but so it basically expect the unexpected, but know that it's something is with the Sun involved. You know, you're gonna have some sort of to me, some sort of like conscious download or maybe some light bulb moment for whatever is, you know, that needs a little reconfigurating in your life, whether it's to, uh, you know, kind of let go of something or, you know, we always talk about neuronus being that liberation or freeing up energy or, you know, or we can say rebelling from something or an old way of living because like I was saying before with Taurus, uh, energy, you know, it just may be, it might be a day that you're like, oh my gosh, I become aware of what, you know, I really want as my, you know, the Leo heart energy comes online. And then you're like, and this old structure or this old routine or this way of being doesn't work for me any longer. And it's just a shot of awareness. That's like, oh, well, it's time to shake it up and, and then and, and move on. Um, in whatever way that sees fit. So it'll just depend on you, but just know that basically the last couple days of July and the first couple days of August, we just have that, you know, kind of like, I like to call it releasing the furies of some sort, like something's going to be percolating and stirring inside. And it's really all leading us to the full moon at 11 degrees of Aquarius, which is August 3rd. So not only do we get the sun, uh, Uranus square, you know, it's basically percolating the, the full moon. So we know energy is just high by nature. And that's the day uh, we have Mercury opposing Saturn. So we have the sun opposing Saturn at the new moon, and then we have Mercury opposing Saturn at the full moon in Aquarius. Thoughts? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't even... I didn't even put that together. Um, yeah, it seems like there's the full moon's definitely going to be revealing something big. That's why I'm kind of like this might be the um, the VP nom announcement around on this weekend because like Biden has a Scorpio, <clears throat> excuse me, Scorpio stellium um, in his twelfth, and I'm thinking these these fixed squares are probably you know hitting some at least some planets in his stellium. Um, so yeah, it seems like there's there's some sort of reveal with like the full moon, and then with Mercury opposite Saturn, it feels like a like a a news like some sort of news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really a decision. Yeah, a decision being made. Um, 
that's really interesting. And I can't help but think about this 11 degrees fixed and how that's where Mercury, Mercury is going to station at 11 Scorpio in October. Mm. Um, yeah. And then obviously like Uranus being at 10, 10 degrees Taurus, yeah. like all of August. And I'm pretty sure most of September as well. So yeah, I, I think this, this is definitely tying into some other things that are probably going to take place throughout September and October as well. Um, yeah, but that, that definitely seems like some sort of revelation and um, some, some sort of like big news coming out. Yeah, I think you're right because, I mean, literally the day after we have Mars squaring Jupiter and Mars making its first Capricorn squares, basically, that are setting up the retrograde cycle and all the dance that Mars is going to do. So it seems like that is an inception in time where something comes to the light, which usually happens with full moons in general. Um, and then having the oppositions of Mercury playing into that and that square to Jupiter and then only to have Mercury then ingress into Leo, you know, shortly after. So that's interesting too, is that that opposition to Saturn is taking place on that like anoretic degree, you know, at like just that last, you know, oh, and here's this last bit of information that you've all been waiting for, you know, ah. um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking about Saturn at the end of Capricorn, just kind of like this final checkpoint almost mm. um, before you're allowed to like take a break from Saturn for a little bit in Leo. Um, yeah, that's really, that's something to really think about. It just, it just seems like a final, like before you're allowed to have a little bit of fun, um, here's some news or here's some information that you need to know or here's, yeah, it seems a little restricting, but then you, then you can finally kind of move on into Leo and, and maybe take a breather. Yeah. And the, well, and it's interesting too, because the Mercury is going to be looking to the actual full moon in Aquarius too. So there, it has an Aquarian uh, kind of message behind it. And it's fascinating to me. I'm like looking at it because that's the full moon's literally going to be on my Mercury Jupiter conjunction in Leo, mm -hmm. like oh, to wow. the degree. So I'm like, that's probably going to be a big day for me. Uh, note to self. Um, but you're the VP. Maybe, hey, you know. I'm, yes, why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, they call me and they're like, Mal, guess what? You're the, I'm like, huh? I've thought about going into politics before. I, you know, it's the, that Mercury, Jupiter, Leo. Um, and I, I don't know. It's that the, the integrity is just not there. Like I'd rather put my, uh, it, it's hard, but I th thought about it. Not yeah. this time. Mel for 2024. Uh, put it in. <laughs> Why does everybody making the joke right now? Because they, they say that what Kanye West was is like saying, you know, Kanye, Con, uh, Kanye for 2020. And then right. there's like things going around, like just put your name in and put 2020. You know, anybody can. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Funny. Anybody can be president. As we now know, we, we know that now. Really? It's like yeah. literally anybody can. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, it's interesting that we have Mars squaring Jupiter around that time too, because that really just seems to be like setting in motion a lot of 
I don't know. It's like you would think it's forward most and just it being the square to Jupiter and Jupiter always trying to propel us into the next stage of what is unfolding. But just thinking about the retrograde that's going to happen and, you know, through this all, uh, I mean, what are your takes on Mars and, and Jupiter meeting or any, or really Mars meeting, you know, any of these Capricorn energies and kind of what it's setting up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I mean, I've been thinking about this for a while and kind of wondering what what Mars is representing here in terms of this, like, constant... Because I, I really look at the Capricorn placements as, like, the powers that be at this point, um, especially with Saturn back in there. Um, and they are in a superior position to the Aries placements. And... Um, meaning like they in zodiacal order in terms of like if you're looking like they rise earlier than Mm -hmm. than mars will um so so yeah i look at i'm looking at mars as like the force coming up against the the authority figures or the powers that be and um yeah i don't know it it seems i mean with mars and aries obviously it seems a little violent and it seems really um inflammatory and I I wonder yeah I wonder what it will be with Mars Jupiter com- like compared to Mars Saturn and Mars Pluto yeah um because Jupiter is obviously like not in a good place in Capricorn mm-hmm. and so it's it's already a little like weekend and um yeah it doesn't have it, it's having a hard time being Jupiter and like giving us the good things in life it's like here's as much as I can I can give you take it um so I think like the assault from Mars to Jupiter will will likely be felt um yeah I don't know I'm I'm trying to think about like what like who's Mars in this scenario and then who's Jupiter um yeah I'm I'm almost thinking like Jupiter um, Mars being like the people who are just kind of fed up with the way things are going right now, which can be twofold. Like those can be um, people who are fighting for a particular sort of justice. And there can also be the people who are just like fighting to not wear masks. Mm-hmm. So, it's the individual so, agenda almost for that right, particular person. Right, exactly. And then I kind of look at Jupiter as perhaps being, you know, the people in our government who are who are doing their best to to make things um, to make things better. I'll just say that doing their best, but don't have a lot of uh, don't have a lot of tools or resources to do so. Yeah. Um, cough, cough. Like the Democrats, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then thinking about like Saturn and its own sign. Um, perhaps representing like the GOP because they have way more, um, they have way more control and way more resources and more, yeah, I guess more ability to, to accomplish what they want, but constantly having to go up against this, this Mars, like, yeah, the, the fire and fury of the people, um, constantly pushing up against both parties. So yeah. That's kind of how I'm looking at it right now. And I'm hoping that it won't be, um, I'm hoping, 
I'm hoping, I don't think, I don't know if my hopes will do anything, but I'm hoping that it might not be as violent as like even Mars and Pisces was, um, which was just like sex styles, which is still blowing my mind about how, how difficult and how violent that, that was. I think it was because Mars was like squaring the nodes and squaring yeah. that that, um, that eclipse that happened in Sag. But, um, I, I, yes, that and the sun squaring at the same time. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was flare, like huge flare up. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm curious to see what it's going to be like because I I can't stop thinking about the fact that the Capricorn planets are in a superior position to Mars and Aries, and um, it just feels like a a standoff. Well, I think that is going to be the case as these, all the squares happen through, you know, this fall area is it's definitely going to be a standoff between different, different energies at square purposes, because I mean, that's the kind of the idea of the squares. It's like, you know, as Bernadette Brady says, it's like, it's nobody's fault. It's just, you're at different juncture points and you're, you're butting heads. Um, and it's hard to come together. But I think it's fascinating how, you know, we have the full moon in Aquarius, Mercury opposes Saturn with some type of message, right? You know, um, you know, the, it comes out where the, the, the wall is put, or maybe the deciding line or the decision or the, but you know, whatever. And then, and then Mars squares Jupiter the next day, which can be a point of like, oh, well, we're moving forward with some sort of contention around that. So it does feel like it can be rather, um, I don't want to use the word volatile, but definitely heated in the sense that maybe whatever decision is comes out or the word that we hear is then riles something up to begin the next leg. Because it's kind of fascinating to think just within the Jupiter-Pluto uh, conjunction cycle that, you know, and Jupiter and Pluto are still very close to each other. You know, Mars is going to square Pluto on the 12th of August. So we're looking at about, you know, a what is it, a little less than two weeks before we get to that second point. Um, but they basically change position. So, you know, now, so Mars is basically getting the Jupiter hit first to then go to Pluto, to then go to Saturn, and then to reverse that action versus hitting Pluto first and then going to Jupiter, you know. So it's, it's interesting to see the chain of events and how that's going to, and I mean, that's the timing of astrology. That's what makes it magic is because there is a celestial divine order that is at play that uh, really, you know, dances um, the energies that we're involved in. Uh, and then Mercury ingresses into Leo, which, you know, just having that placement natally myself, you know, that is a, that is, that can be an outspoken place. That could be definitely a place that, you know, where your agenda or your ego or your, you know, it's, it definitely comes out and, and then what's being spoken is going to be of more of a Leo nature right. um, as well. Loud. Yeah. I think the news cycle in that first week of August is just going to be yeah, I, I just keep thinking like that has to be when he announces the VP pick because I feel like the Mercury, Mercury entering Leo is just going to be like this blast of news around that and like people's opinions and mm-hmm. a million opinion pieces um, about, you know, what, whatever that full moon revelation is. Yeah. And there's one thing that I've noticed about uh, Mercury, well, fire signs in general, and now of course there's it just depends, but Mercury and fire signs 
and of course there it just it really depends but i've noticed there's a loudness to it there is yeah. the you know the volume goes up there is more of just like a roar i mean if you think about it with leo <laughs> there literally is like the lion's roar and the next thing so mercury ingresses into leo and the next thing that happens is it uh, goes on to square a stationing uranus because Uranus is stationing in the skies around August 10th. So the second it moves into Leo, it's basically on course to then square Uranus. Um, and we, when it's stationing, we know that Uranus is going to be very strong. And so it does have that, kind of have that rebellious or going against things. But I also noticed that uh, Uranian behavior can also be very rigid in its approach and very conservative at times, just depending on the the Uranian figure. Um, and like you said, we're probably going to see both sides of it. You know, it's not because there's so much personal energy that's out there with Mars in you know, Aries, you know, all these Leo planets and, um, and why it might be different from like the Mars and Pisces and what we saw with the collective organization that happened in June is because we are moving out of any, um, I mean, we do have the collective energy of that full moon in Aquarius. Definitely. But all these other personal planets are kind of rolling through signs that are very much my own agenda and what, what I'm speaking from versus let's come together and, right. and make this a bigger thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel like when I, I feel like there's going to be contention from all sides. Like I feel like no matter like who Biden picks, people are going to be like not okay with it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Is there any consensus at all these days politically? But um, I mean, even outside of politics, it just feels like, um, yeah, August is going to be, while it's maybe not the most um, like chaotic or dynamic month, I feel like it's just going to be a lot of, like a lot of, people stating their opinions. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, Mercury and Leo and just people, and also just people wanting to be seen and like, you know, acknowledged for, mm. for their positions or their parts and things as well. Yeah, which is um, only going to get stronger as, you know, that's what kind of what I noticed with the nodal access moving into Gemini and Sag, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of righteous positioning that's going on and a lot of words to be spoken and opinions to be had. And, and this is just going to play into that more uh, in the path that we're going down so that we can get a grip on, you know, what... Our, what we think about life, what our positions are, how that works within the collective and the culture and, and all that. And that's just where we're at at this moment in time. And that's okay. Um, but it can be really exhausting too, to some extent when you, you just feel like you can never be on the right side of the argument or, or the fact that there is always an argument or, you know, it's just, it, nothing's saying peace. Nothing's saying, <laughs> nothing's saying right. peace here to me, you know? Um, but that being said, it's interesting that within all this Mercury and Leo action, Mars squaring Jupiter, Uranus stationing, uh, and we do have that, you know, kind of the word heating up. Um, we also have Venus finally ingressing into Cancer on August 7th, which, I mean, as a Venus Cancer native, uh, natally, I'm, I'm like, please, just can you get me to my return? I've been waiting so long. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about old Venus moving into Cancer? I mean, I, 
it's like the only the only relief we get from all this heated energy um and you know we don't get relief for too long because it will run into a square with mars um but i i do think yeah it is like this this little bit of soothing balm it's like well, you had a really bad day, but at least like there's brownies <laughs> that you can eat and like a scoop of ice cream. Like I, I think we really need to lean in, lean on Venus this year in in general because Jupiter isn't like our two benefics. Like Jupiter is just not. It, we can't lean on Jupiter too much this year. So we'll take. I'll take any Venus that I can get. Like even <laughs> any Venus transit. It's my fifth house cancer. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I think we just, that's like all we, we that's all we can have, uh, is some, some Venus love. So leaning in, leaning on Venus when as much as we can, I think is yeah. important. Well, maybe yeah. we'll appreciate our homes a little bit more at that point, especially if we're still quarantined. <laughs> we're like, yeah. we're like, oh, maybe this is this is our safe space. This is a, you know, she's she moves into a, her triplicity there, so there's like, there's it's just a little, definitely a little more comfier than it was in Gemini, and Lord knows it's been in Gemini. She's been in Gemini for so long um, that I think we really are going to feel that switch, um, especially with our connections with others and relationships. And if you had been having relationship tensions, and and, and and the thing is, is we've learned so much about her being in Gemini for all this period through the retrograde, through the Neptune squares, and you know, because Gemini is a very mental energy and a very communicative energy. So we've had upgrades in our understandings of connecting with others and what that looks like and the words that are to be said to, you know, uh, share either our affections or bridge the gap diplomatically. And so it feels like there is, um, yeah, it feels like, I don't know. I feel like we're really going to feel that switch tenfold because Yeah. yeah, it'll, and maybe it'll help, you know, start to bind and bond and more, um, in, in be that bomb kind of that you're speaking of because cancer, you know, and water just in general wants to connect versus the Gemini energy that can be a little tit for tat, um, with, you know, this position or that position or the duality of it all. And so I'm hoping that, yeah, like you said, she is going to go on and, and make some moves herself, but just, sinking into the water and kind of slowing down and being more willing or open to connect um seems nice (laughs) yeah yeah for sure i think there i think we'll probably be talking more about how like the ways that we can take care of each other Mm. um and just relating through the act of like caretaking and maybe you know buying people meals and things like that just just more nurturing energy than like this cancer season hasn't felt very nurturing it's I mean it, I guess it's been there a little bit but um I think Venus moving in to to cancer will help like kind of pull things together as Venus tends to do that's right she likes to pull things together she doesn't want to be apart she's like come on people let's get let's unite 
let's unite in our love of, of home and, and country, if you think about cancer, just because, yeah. you know, it is a very patriotic placement. Um, and then knowing Venus is going to be dancing over. So basically the U.S. is going to get a Venus return at that point and have Jupiter um, it conjuncts Jupiter. So not too long after Venus enters, it's going to, she's going to hopefully create some sort of softening energy that happens uh, with the U.S. as a whole, but we'll just have to see how that pans out. Um, which brings us to, okay, so we're at our last quarter moon. So we have a last quarter in Taurus. Um, and you know, we're back to the fixed or we, so it's interesting how the whole new moon pushed off a second cardinal energy, but all the, all the square points, all the tension points are all happening and fixed. So we get that Taurus, although it's a better situation with the exalted position of Taurus moon rather than our fallen Scorpio moon in the first quarter. Um, but it's coinciding with Mars scoring Pluto at that same time too. So Mars is turning a page but at least we get that, I'm hoping, you know, the stability of, of Taurus there. I don't know. What, what, any thoughts on those two meeting? Um, you mean Mars and Pluto? Mars and Pluto, or even the last quarter kind of Taurus energy. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the last quarter of Taurus, I think the, yeah, the Taurus energy will probably... Um, have a really nice compliment to the Venus and in, in cancer mm-hmm. energy. I True. think that we need both of those to kind of move through this, uh, this Mars square to, to Pluto. Um, yeah. I'm looking at like, we have a Taurus moon, then a Gemini moon, then we have the cancer moon. Um, it just feels like, yeah, we, it's like we need to lean we need to lean into that that cancer Taurus energy at this time because um Mars Pluto can can be really a lot. It can be yeah. really intense and, and really um piercing. So I think that as leaning into the care and nourishment parts of this last quarter is like essential. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, the last quarter, because Taurus will slow down, you know, that's even though we'll feel the, the turning of the page and there might be some internal tension around that, at least there is kind of like a groundedness that maybe at least you accept it or you understand it or you can move through it because Mars and Pluto coming together in a square is going to ask, it's just going to bring changing conditions, whether it's in our own lives, outside of ourselves, uh, simultaneously, just a page is turning with where the forward momentum of like energy is, is going. And it can be, uh, it can be a little difficult to get through. Um, but it's interesting to think of the Taurus energy looking to Venus and cancer. And so we have that kind of feminine slowing down, more receptive, um, more internal in many ways. And even Pluto just being in Capricorn, it, it has its slower movements. It's the Mars. It's the Mars piece <laughs> that is like raring and chomping at the bit. But I'm hoping that just because it's in the latter days of the actual lunar cycle that, you know, there's not as much heat behind it um, just with the overall, you know, luminary positions. And so, 
maybe, you know, we're turning a page of just the necessity of change or what we've conclusions we've come to during Leo season because we've tapped into so much um, me energy and what I need on like a personal level. And so maybe that's when you're like, okay, well, this is when I put my notice in, or this is when I, uh, you know, finally get the, take the risk or have the nerve to address this situation that needs to change in my life. Um, and so there is, because, you know, Mars squared Jupiter before probably like maybe blew that issue up a little bit. And now Pluto's like, all right, well, if you don't want to ride this fiery wave any longer, then maybe you need to put down the boundary or like just be change this condition. Uh, and you know, Pluto is known for that purification, um, energy. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's an opportunity to change, I think, in many ways, which is not always comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think of Mars square Pluto as very, like I said, piercing. It's dare I say, like a lethal injection. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it feels like a need, like like a very stark realization that something needs to to change or shift at least yeah and you know maybe mars is like if if mars is an aries and you take it into your own hands and change that if we're talking like on a personal level because you know that's how mars and aries gets things done is it asserts itself and, and, and does, you know, of course, I know we were talking about the overcoming positions and maybe being overcome by Pluto. It's like you feel, you know, the darkness ascending or you feel the pressure and the weight of the Capricorn. You're like, ah, yeah. and it's like that volcano because that's the thing is like the pressure builds within and we have all that lava underneath and Mars is like, nah. and then, yeah. you know, and it could be combustible. It could explode, but perhaps maybe that's the beauty of the last quarter in Taurus and Venus being in Cancer is that we don't actually reach that pressure point, but we can take it more from the, um, the idea where, you know, pressure makes diamonds. And so here, if we can just deal with the pressure, if we can just take it in and soften it, maybe with some of that Venusian energy and ground it down, we can actually get that nugget of wisdom or, you know, the treasure. Cause that's the whole idea of Pluto too, is like, if you can get off all the layers and you can purify it and move towards what the kernel of what it actually is, there is that, you know, pearl in the oyster or that treasure that's at the central of it all. Um, so, you know, maybe that's the silver lining. I'm like, <laughs> we need silver linings. We need as many silver linings as we get. But this brings us to basically, okay, so August 16th through the 17th, um, which is kind of around the time why we said this is the Democratic Convention, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So here we have the Sun and Mercury making the superior conjunction uh, in Leo and then trining Mars at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so that's fascinating to me as yeah. well. Like, what? So definitely expect hearing more, knowing more. <laughs> yeah. There's, that's a lot of fire because we get, um, like you said, the, the, the sun Mars trine, then the Mercury Mars trine, and then the moon enters Leo, and then we get mm-hmm. the Leo new moon. Um, that's a ton. That's a, that's very fiery. Um, yeah, and then Mercury dips into into Virgo, which I'm so looking forward to. <laughs> but, Cooling um, out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and just like having Mercury be a little bit more productive and like facts fact-based or at least like information-based and less so like opinionated and 
um, loud. <laughs> yeah. I think that might be, that might be helpful. That's like in the middle or at least, yeah, like the middle of the convention, which is interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's interesting because the, so basically right after the new moon in Leo on August 18th and after we've had the sun Mercury conjunction trying Mars where something's co- coming out, it's going to get loud mid mid August, basically before we have the new moon. But it's interesting to have Mercury then ingress into Virgo uh, on the 19th because I mean, the last time Mercury was in his domicile was during the Gemini, but Gemini Mercury is very different than Virgo Mercury, even though they're in that same, you know, Virgo Mercury is going to pick it apart. Virgo Mercury is less about uh, maybe uh, speculation and opinion and more on discerning, like, what's the reality of this or what's all these parts and how do they fit in and let's look at this more at a practical nature and sometimes in a very mundane and dull way where you're like, I'm sick of the details, but (laughs) I think at this point we're going to need a lot of those bits and pieces that are more grounded and maybe boring at times, but they seem to be more factual in nature. So to me, it seems like that move is going to be good as far as just all the mercurial, like, ah, and the nodal Gemini axis, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, because the moon moves into Virgo too the same day uh, that that Mercury does, and I feel like we just we're gonna really welcome that cooling, that cooling down of energy um, from like such a combustible like that Sun Mars trine. It's just gonna be <laughs> so hot and fiery. Um, so I'm glad that like shortly after we kind of can work on cooling down the moon and then um, Mercury and then the sun a couple of days later. Yeah. Cause it's interesting too, cause we have Venus squaring Chiron and sextiling Uranus at the same time that the sun Mercury conjunction trying Mars is going to happen. So she's kind of getting a little squirrely herself, but in a way that she, you know, so here we have the relations with others kind of shaking up a little bit and everybody's going to be from their fiery position. Uh, and it does definitely seem very political in nature in the sense that it's coinciding with, you know, with the, the conventions. And right. so that's a reality. Um, but also just coming to a close of the Leo season or getting close to it and getting close to that Leo new moon um, that's going to seed its energy. I think that that hit between the 16th and the 17th of Mercury and the sun and trining Mars just on our personal journeys is going to put us on some sort of like kind of straight away of maybe purpose or inspiration in our own lives where we're like, okay, no, I get it. Um, this is what uh, I want. This is what I feel creatively drawn towards. This is where I want to put my energy and my movements. And it's the dark hour of the moon basically for the most part. So it has an introspective quality um, so it's it's less combustible. It's still very fiery, but I think that that internal fire can be very meditative in the idea of purpose, uh, and then seeding into the twenty six degree Leo new moon on the eighteenth, which then we can finally put our Leo intentions, you know, like actually, you know, yeah. seed them, seed them forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that new moon. And even that, that weekend, I feel like, although it is going to be really fiery and intense, probably, um, I do think, I kind of think of it as like staying up all night with like 
all, all this creative energy and just being like, I have to, I have to fire through this. Um, yeah, with like the dark moon, the dark moon energy as well. Um, and then kind of sitting with that. And then when the new moon comes, there's this clarity to like how to move forward. And again, like you said, setting intentions um, for the Leo stuff in our life, which, yeah. That's- which by that point, we'll have a pretty good grip on, I think, just right. because we've, we've encountered so much of it. So there is something to be said about these new moons now happening at the end of the, uh, um, you know, later degrees in the sign itself, because it's not like, oh, surprise, this is the thing that's being introduced. It's like, no, I, okay, I, I went through this long enough to know that, okay, well, all right, so this is where, this is where it's going to go. Um, so, you know, I think it's been, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one at that. It has its highs, it has its potential I don't even want to say lows. It just seems like, it seems like it's it's high on many levels, but you know, is it going to be a soothing high or is it going to be a combustible, fiery ride the wave type of thing? So, I mean, if you were to give people one piece of advice for Leo season or like just one kind of thing to kind of take away from this time, what what would you say? I would say, um, you know, lean, lean into Venus in the sense of like when, when things are too hot, like find find something to cool to cool you down to cool your jets because I think I just see Leo season as being so hot and fiery and you need to find your own little like kitty pool in the shade to to return to when it becomes too hot. Um, so yeah, like looking for those that soothing balm like medicinal care sort of um, energy wherever you can and kind of turning towards that when when it's when it's too hot yeah don't you don't burn yourself out don't uh don't like you know let the flames lick you too much you gotta have find that stasis and that balance which venus is all about right she wants us to find our our balance um and that's how you know we don't want to put out our fire we need our fire but you can get you can get uh, engulfed in it rather easily, and even in a self emoliation process, which could be very you know we don't we don't want that. Um, so so just noticing that, and maybe that's what it is too. Is sometimes pulling back when you realize that you're inflamed or or part of like you know because all it takes is one spark and then then another, and then all of a sudden you have this fire and it's brewing. And the more you add, the more you know wood you add to it. I'm thinking of the Capricorn and the in the Taurus, Uranus. You know, the more you add, fuel you add to that fire, the bigger it's going to get. Um, but we don't need a raging fire. We just need a consistent, fixed burn, which is what Leo is, and why it's so um, such a wonderful energy. And why it is that creative energy is because it just keeps going. It's always there, and so connecting right. with what your fixity of uh, intent and purpose is um, just for yourself in this own process seems like the the blessing to all this that we can actually tap into what keeps us fueled consistently on a maybe more spiritual um, and creative level in our life. So... All right, Kara, we talked, we talked all about Leo season, broke it apart uh, with, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll have to, and if anybody has any, you know, if you notice anything or have anything to say, you know, throw it in there let us know. It's always interesting to hear other people's feedback and what they're going through uh, during this time or their own observations. Um, but in the meantime, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Uh, 
give us the details. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on my website. It's theastrology.com. I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter at The Astrology and uh, Fresh Voices. We're, we're hosting our summit August 15th and 16th. It's free to attend. Um, it's 12 different talks. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm also speaking at the Power and Purpose Summit the, week, the weekend before, which is the 8th and 9th of August. Um, I'm doing a talk about the sun and uh, calling it solar power and how the sun is about our intelligence. So I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, that's all I can think of at the moment. <laughs> well, that's a lot. And I forgot, that's, I forgot one, <laughs> you just reminded me because one of the reasons, not it, not the only reason, but one of the reasons I wanted Kara to join me for Leo season is that we're both participating in the summit. Uh, oh, you're in it yes, too. Okay. yes, I am. The, <laughs> well, and I forgot until this exact moment. <laughs> the Astrology of Purpose and Power. It's hosted by Christina Caudill yeah. of Radiant Astrology. And so we're, we're going to have about 20 female presenters and we're all going to have about hour long pieces um, that are uh, recorded and going to be played um, August 7th through 9th. Um, and so it is free. Uh, so come check it out. And then if you would like to, it's going to be a lot to take in. So they do are going to have packages uh, that are reasonably priced where you can get all the recordings and also bonuses. Um, so to find out more about that, you know, follow, sign up for our newsletters, follow us on social media, because we'll have links coming out for that. And I will be doing a talk on, um, actually the, the luminary bodies, but define, breaking down and demystifying the idea of purpose. Because, you know, I have people come to me all the time. And one of the first things is like, what do you want to address? And it's like, uh, you know, my purpose, what, you know, and I think that a lot of people find that that is a very loaded word. So in my talk, I'm going to break down the, um, the idea of purpose, the concept, the definition, um, and how it can, you know, it's, it means different things for different people. And it's not always something that is going to be, uh, even consistent. Um, and, uh, just helping, you know, cause it'd be a lot of weight. What's my purpose in life? Well, you have lots of purposes and, uh, tapping into some of the luminary action, um, and some other astrological techniques within that can get you closer to what that is and take some of that pressure off. So that is what I'm going to be addressing um, as awesome. well. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. So, well, so come check us out. Uh, so, yes, more information is going to come out probably by the time that this airs, actually, there will be, but I don't have the information right now because it's going to be announced a couple days after we're recording this. So just keep on the lookout. But once again, that's August 7th through 9th. Uh, so where can you find me? I didn't even say that. Well, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com uh, and on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Uh, and I will do a blog post uh, that will share Kira's information as well. So you can get a straight shot to her from there uh, and the Fresh Voices uh, Summit that will be happening. Um, and also uh, when I got more information about the uh, astrology of purpose and power. So come on over there to check it out. Um, and also I do a Patreon where if you want to sign up for my weekly forecast, you can do so too. patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Um, and there might be something else going on, but I can't think what it is. Oh, uh, well, and of course I serve as the president of the San Diego Astrological Society and we do online lectures now because we can't meet in person. And we actually have one coming up 
on August 14th, Friday, 6.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, which will be featuring Jeff Harmon speaking on Vedic gemology. So if you are interested in gems or, uh, you know, uh, Indian astrology, you can come check that out. Uh, and it will be uh, $14 for guests. Um, and if you're a member, that's another thing. But sandiegoastrology.com. Okay, that's all I'd say. Now, if you want other people to hear about Leo season and everything that we've talked about here, you know, share this podcast with a friend, leave a review where you listen to it because it helps it be seen and myself and Kira be seen further uh, through that process of sharing, which as we know is caring and Venus is about to move in cancer. So spread the good word. Um, And then you know, I think that's it. There is no then. I have nothing to say past that point. I've said it all. So Kara, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. This has been great. Wonderful. And good luck on your move to LA. Let me know when you're out here. (laughs) Thank you. I definitely will. All right, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm -hmm.